wanted to do today is take those three things he said in 2 Corinthians and show you biblical application in a practical way of how this happened in the scriptures. Some examples of people in the scripture that pulled down strongholds. They were able to cast down arguments and cast down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. So we're going to get that to that in a minute and look at some beautiful scriptures. But I want to start like this. Grace is a force. Grace is a force. And it is the force that makes or that creates. Faith is the force that takes. So faith takes what grace makes. The grace of God has made salvation available to every single person in the world. And yet not everyone is saved. Why? Because you have to have faith to take what grace has made available. Now we understand faith comes by hearing the word of God preached. So the process is this. Whether it's concerning salvation or any other promise in scripture, first you have to hear it before you can believe it. And then you have to believe it before you can take it. So whether you're talking about salvation, prosperity, deliverance, healing, grace makes and faith takes. Everybody say, my faith is a taker. Now, the same is true for dominion. You receive dominion by hearing it preached, and then you believe for it, and then you take, possess, and live in dominion. Think of those words, take, possess, and live. Take, possess, and live. It's on the screen. Dominion must be taken. Dominion must be possessed, and then dominion must be lived. To identify the subtleties between these three points and, and bring some clarity on it and delineate between them, it's like you're going shopping for a shirt and the shirt is on the rack. You reach out your hand and you take it. And, but just because you take it doesn't mean you've possessed it yet. You haven't possessed it until you go to the register and you purchase it and possess it. But even then, you've taken it off the rack, you've taken it to the register, and you've purchased it, but you haven't lived it until you put that thing on. And there are so many believers who have set up under good preaching and have taken things by faith in powerful services and even possess things by faith, and yet they do not put the thing on. It sits in the closet of your mind dormant, and it won't work unless you use it. I want this to be a hub of dominion in this city that you always, every single day, get up and clothe your with the truth that by the authority of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, you have dominion in every area of your life and you will not be dominated by the devil in any way, not in your health, not financially, not in your family, not in your relationships, not in your mind, not in your thoughts. You will not be dominated in any way because Jesus died. I told you last week to give the believers the dominion back in the earth. Raise your right hand and say, I have dominion. I take it. I possess it. I live it. Now clap your hands and give the Lord praise. What is dominion? It's a special grace. Also, you could use the word a special anointing. Also, you could use the word a special blessing that outwardly manifest the authority of God's kingdom in the earth. Specifically, authority over foul spirits, strongholds. Uh, when I say strongholds, I, I mean negative thought patterns, toxic thought patterns, or negative spiritual patterns, and the systems of this world. It's what Jesus desires you as a believer to have dominion and authority over. Now, the thing about dominion is it only manifests in conflict. You need warfare in order for dominion to come to the surface. Warfare in some way. 
uh, you need warfare spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or a circumstance happened in your life, or something happened with the kids, or something happened on the job, or something's coming against the marriage, or whatever it is, you need an attack for dominion to be able to come to the surface. So in our text, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, Paul says, we do, yes, we walk in the flesh, but we do not war according to the flesh. That's verse 3. We do not war according to the flesh. Dominion is activated by warfare. If you are up under any kind of attack or going through any warfare this morning, then you are in a perfect circumstance for the dominion of Jesus to manifest in that situation. If everything's peaceful and tranquil and you're in a good season, just wait. The time will come. But if you're going through hell this morning, it's not all bad. It's not all disgusting. It's not all depressing because the warfare gives the dominion of Jesus the opportunity to reveal and manifest itself in your situation. Then verses four and five, he says, the weapons, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. Then he says those three things I wanted you to put a focus on strongholds, arguments, and every high thing. Let's look at them individually. Strongholds. This is negative cycles, generational curses, and even spiritual darkness in certain regions. Now, there's not a person in this room that doesn't have some kind of negative cycle. Thank you for your enthusiasm and honesty. I appreciate that. There is not a person in this room, whether it's your diet. I mean, not everyone in the room has a perfect diet, you know? Let me get off that. Whether it's, whether it's your pattern of communication you know, some people uh, learn bad lessons in, in homes growing up about communication styles and how to relate to others. And when you learn and a pattern is set, you can be 45 years old still talking like a 14-year-old because you picked up some negative patterns and those things were never broken. All that is, it's a stronghold. Or you can, you can take strongholds into the definition of spiritual things like generational curses. You know, grandpa had an anger problem. Daddy had an anger problem. You got an anger problem. And now little Johnny's throwing plates across the kitchen because that generational thing of anger is just visiting one family member after another. And it has to be broken. Or spiritual darkness in regions. If you're a very sensitive person spiritually, not everybody is this way, and it's okay if you're not. Some are more sensitive than others. But if you're a very sensitive person spiritually, you can go into a city and it feels different. You can go into a house, sometimes even go into a certain neighborhood or certain area of the city. And it's like there's just this thing over it. There's this darkness over it. There's this oppression over it. And if you're a really sensitive person, you almost have to get out of those environments as quick as you can because it'll drive you crazy while you're in an environment that is spiritually toxic or a region that is spiritually toxic. That is a result of a demonic stronghold over the region. Some people in that region have given that spirit the permission to manifest itself. They are entertaining that spirit. They're even worshiping that spirit. And that spirit is being lifted up in that region. And in order to break that, you need somebody to come in with the dominion of Jesus Christ and pull the thing down. But that's what he's talking about when he says strongholds. Then arguments. You have dominion over arguments. And before you get excited thinking you're going to win every argument with your spouse, he's not talking about arguments between you and other people. He's talking about arguments you have with yourself. Things like self-doubt, low self-esteem, even doubting God's promises. It's an amazing thing. You can be so full of faith and you can start pursuing a dream. You can start launching off into something and, and have boldness about it. And yet this, you're the same person. I mean, you're, you're in the same spot. And yet all of a sudden there's that other voice from the inside that starts doubting and starts questioning and you're doubting yourself. You're questioning yourself. And at some level, you're questioning whether God will do what he said he would do.
We see this thing of self-argument, self-doubt with Peter. One minute he is walking on literal water at the word of Jesus. The next minute he gets his eyes on the storm and the waves and that argument starts developing within himself and the negative side of himself won that argument because he sank. That happens to us all the time, no matter how mature you are, when you try to advance your faith to the next level, you will always deal with someone who is arguing and that someone is the other side of you. Nobody can argue with me like me. I tell you what, you, you make a decision, you start a diet and a workout program and you know it's right and you research it, you do all the work and you lay it all out and you get your journal out and you get everything ready and, and you do good all day. You wake up and from 5 a.m. all the way to 10 p.m. you have won the battle. Long about 11.45 that night. There'll be another voice starting an argument. You know, you did so good today. Just sit there. It's okay. You only bother me. You know, you did so good all day today. And, and, you, and you know there's that cheesecake in the refrigerator. And, uh, and, and you know there's ice cream. And I've never had cheesecake and ice cream on the same plate. I wonder what it would taste like. I'm sure it would form some sort of mystical power on my palate. And I need arguments. You have been given by Jesus dominion over arguments in your own soul. Arguments that tell you that you're not enough. Arguments that tell you that you're not good looking enough. Arguments that tell you that you'll never be loved. Arguments that tell you that you deserve being mistreated because you're really not worth demanding respect. You have dominion over self arguments. Negative self-talk where you stand in the mirror and tear yourself down or when you're having conversations with people and you say, I can't 47,000 times. My daddy used to tell me when I would say, I can't, he said, can't never could do nothing. Actually, he said it more text and he said, can't never could do nothing. Not can't, can't. It'll hit you on the way home. It's okay. <laughs> arguments, arguments. Oh, the arguments that are going on in this room. Worse than any fight you'll have with a spouse or a coworker or a family member is the fight you have with you. Because see, if you have a fight with somebody on the outside, you can go to the other room. You have a bad fight with yourself. This is what brings anxiety on people. This is what brings deep soul crushing depression on people is an argument you can't get away from. It's an amazing thing that Jesus died, not just to forgive you of your sins, not just to clear the passageway for you to approach the father and you to go to heaven. He also died for you to have dominion over the arguments in your own mind and in your own soul. And then finally, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What are high things? High things are best described and they can be both natural. Um, they can be uh, spiritual, but they are systems that resist God's word. Systems that have elevated themselves above the knowledge of God and they try to exist in opposition to what God's word says we see this a lot in secular culture secular culture says if you don't hit these marks of education or if you don't hit these marks of investing in your 401k or if you don't hit these marks or these marks you are not going to be financially successful and then the kingdom of God comes along and just blows all that out of the water there are people in this room that if they were telling the truth they cannot explain to you how they are as blessed and successful as they are because it does not 
add up on paper what they have been able to achieve. But they walked in against every odd. They walked in against everything that the world system says you had to have to be successful. And the blessing of God has hit them. And the blessing of God has propelled them. And the blessing of God has elevated them. And the blessing of God has caused them to get jobs they do not qualify for. The blessing of God has caused them to get houses and vehicles that they do not qualify for. The blessing of God has caused them to be able to send their kids to college without being able to explain how they made the finances work. It's the blessing of God, but it destroys high things. It casts down high things. And then to get a further definition on it, take me to Ephesians chapter six, verse 12 and 13 in the regular King James version. I want to read that because he talks about high things there as well. He says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now here he's given more of a crystallized definition of what high places are. High places are systems of spiritual wickedness, systems of spiritual wickedness. And we see them manifest in culture. We see them manifest out of the kingdom of darkness. And sometimes you can even see them manifest within your own family, spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, Let's take those things that we've been looking at, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and casting down every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, and let's look at it in action. Go to Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 15. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 15. The angel of the Lord comes while Gideon is threshing wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from his enemies, the Midianites. Verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. In the Hebrew, that is translated, you man of dominion. The Lord is with you, you man of dominion. Look at the scene. It's kind of strange. The Midianites have outnumbered the Israelites to the point they can't even go in their fields uh, and plant grain. So he is hiding in a cave and he's planting his grain and threshing his wheat in a wine press to keep it away from and to hide it from the Midianites. And in a paradoxical phenomenon, God shows up to him and says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of dominion. Verse 13, Gideon said to him, now I want you to see if you can find which one of those three things from 2 Corinthians Gideon's dealing with here. Look at the text. See if you can pick out which one of the three he's dealing with. Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Look at that now. Verse 14. Then the Lord turned to him after he said all that. Where's all the Lord's miracles? What's that? That's arguments, right? Negative self-talk, doubting the promises of God, doubting the word of the Lord. The Lord said to him, almost like he didn't even hear, go in this might. That's another word for dominion. Go in this might of yours. Look at your neighbor and say that to them. Go in this might of yours. That neighbor's sleepy. Look at the other neighbor. Go in this might of yours. Now, now say this. Go in this dominion. What dominion? The dominion he just pronounced on him when he says, you mighty man of valor, you mighty man of dominion. Why am I telling you now to go in this might of yours today at Christian World? 
because God has been sending us the word of dominion for the last three weeks. And it does not matter if you are so down that you're hiding in a cave, scared to death, that the enemy is going to take everything you got. When the word of the Lord comes and tells you that you have the spirit of the Lord's dominion, it cancels out everything else that's been going on or going wrong in your life. Go in this dominion that I just put on you. God, that is my prayer for this church that after three weeks of hearing the prophetic word of the Lord that God has given you the spirit of his dominion because of your faith in Jesus Christ that you wouldn't just go home and twiddle your thumbs but you would go out into your life take possess and live in dominion he says go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites have I not sent you Sent you what? Sent you the word. Told you. Taught you. Preached to you. Prophesied to you. It's as good as done. It is established in your life. Hallelujah to God. It is established in your life. You ain't got to take another class. You ain't got to lay on the floor. You ain't got to pray for 36 hours. It is established in your life. The spirit of the Lord's dominion is on you and in you and flowing through you right now in the name of Jesus. But Gideon looked at him like you're looking at me. And he said to him, verse 15, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest clan in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. How can I do what the God that just, he spoke the world into existence, piece by piece, word by word. And that God just sent that level of word to me, and I'm going to vacillate and go back to my fears, my doubts, and my, my arguments, my negative self-talk. He says, how can I do anything that you've told me? How can I believe anything that you've told me? I'm from the smallest family, and in the smallest family, I'm the weakest one. Verse 16, and the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Now, this is important. This is the power of the anointing of dominion, the blessing of dominion, the grace of dominion. There were 350,000 Midianites. There were, if you read Gideon's story, there were 300 men with Gideon. So it's 300 against 350,000. He is at a massive disadvantage. So look what the word of the Lord told him. It's right there in the text. He said, you're going to defeat them as one man. Put uh, verse 16 up there. Judges 6 verse 16. He said, I'll be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites, all 350,000 of them. How? As one man. The blessing of dominion cancels deficiency. The blessing of dominion overcomes disadvantage. You need to get your eyes off of the disadvantage and get your eyes on the dominion. Whatever you're facing, whatever you're launching out, whatever you're trying, the reason you keep bringing the negative self-talk and the doubt and all those things, the reason you keep bringing it up is because you're focused on the fact that you're outnumbered, that once against you is stronger than you are. You need to take your focus off of the disadvantage and put your focus on the dominion. You have to take, possess, then put that shirt on. Live in dominion. You have to walk around, think about, talk about, confess, and then act accordingly like you have have the spirit of the Lord's dominion operating in your life. And if you go to the, to the end of Gideon's story, God gave him a massive victory and he didn't lose one single person. He didn't lose one single soldier. God gave him victory because the spirit of the Lord's dominion was on him 
in him, flowing through him. Even though he was talking negative when he got the word, even though he was slow to believe, even though he asked for two fleeces and two signs to guarantee that God was with him, the spirit of the Lord was still activated to bring dominion into his life. I know you're not perfect. I know you've got issues. And in spite of your issues, I'm here to tell you that the spirit of the Lord's dominion is active in your life. And whatever you're going through right now, God has empowered you to win in the name of Jesus Christ. Give God praise in the house. Now, God had to use the spirit of the Lord's dominion to pull down the strongholds of Gideon's negative self-talk. His, his negative thinking, and to cast down all of those arguments. God had to use dominion as a weapon of warfare to get Gideon where he needed him to be. Let's look at another instance. Judges chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. I like this one a lot. Judges chapter 11, 1 through 3. It's a character that I think has a great name, and if any of you are having babies, I would love it if you would name your, if you have a baby boy, you name your kid this. I just think it's a great name. It says, now Jephthah. I just love that name. Why are you laughing? I love it. Now Jephthah, look, look at this wording. It's beautiful here. Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor. Again, that means he had dominion. Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, but he was the son of a harlot. And Gilead, that's his daddy, Gilead begot Jephthah with a harlot. Verse 2, Gilead's wife also bore sons. So you got Gilead having babies with his wife and having a baby a situation over here with a harlot. Okay. And the scripture says, when his wife's sons grew up, they drove Jephthah out and said to him, you shall have no inheritance in our father's house, for you are the son of another woman. Then Jephthah fled from his brothers and dwelt in the land of Tob, and worthless men banded together with Jephthah and went out raiding with him. Now, Jephthah's story encapsulates perfectly the paradox of our lives. Verse 1 says he was a mighty man of valor, but it also says he was the son of a harlot. And that in some way is a picture of all of us. Because there are parts of us that are mighty. But then there are other parts of us that are shameful. There are parts of us that are the offspring of God. There are parts of us that are the offspring of our own harlotry with this world's system. And we have both living in the same container. And we don't talk about our contradictions much. Because when you talk about contradictions with people and when you expose your contradictions to people, if you've got good and bad, for some reason, people will always focus on the bad. As if the bad cancels out the good. As if the fact that he was the son of a harlot canceled out the fact that he was a mighty man. And the scripture doesn't say that. The scripture wants you to know very clearly you can have both might and shame operating in the same person. And through no fault of his own, the scripture says, Jephthah was a part of this dysfunctional family, full of generational curses, and eventually his half-brothers drove him out of the house, and they said, we don't want anything to do with you. And Gilead became so powerful, Gilead was the ruler of his region. In fact, the region of Gilead was named after Jephthah's father, Gilead. And they said, not only do we want you out of the house, we want you out of the region and don't expect to get any inheritance when daddy dies. And, and the scripture, the, the hard part of this, verse, verse 3, the hard part of this is though he was mighty, though he had dominion, though he was powerful, the Bible says that because he was a man without a country and a man without a family, that worthless men banded together 
with him. That means he was mighty. He had dominion. There was greatness in him. But because of the circumstances of his life, he was using his strength, his influence, his creativity, and his dominion, pouring himself out into worthless people. Have you ever poured your strength into worthless people? It is the strategy of the enemy to take people of might and power and surround them with worthless people so that all of the might gets drained out into buckets full of holes, that all of the strength gets drained out into people that will squander it. So all your good advice gets drained out into people that will never listen to you or follow your wisdom, so that all of your energy gets drained out into people that will never turn around and give anything back to you. They are just planted in your life to take, 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 take. As much sunshine as you give them and water as you give them and fertilizer as you give them, you think they would grow, but no, they just keep demanding more and more and more and never yield back any fruit in your life. And this was the life that Jephthah was stuck living because of the contradiction and the paradox of both might and shame being in the same person and having a family that only focused on the shame and couldn't see the might. I wonder if you're destroying some of your family members because you're only focused on the shame and you're not looking at the might in their lives. But then something amazing happens. What did I say earlier, class? Activates and manifests dominion? Huh? Warfare. Look at this. Verse 4. It came to pass after a time that the people of Ammon made war against Israel. And so it was when the people of Ammon made war against Israel that the elders, the leaders, the government of Gilead went to Jephthah from the land of Tob. Watch these jokers. Then they said to Jephthah, come and be our commander that we may fight against the people of Ammon. So Jephthah said to the elders of Gilead, did you not hate me and expel me from my father's house? Why have you come to me now when you are in distress? Oh, that could preach right there, but I don't have. And the elders of Gilead said to Jephthah, that is why we have turned again to you now, that you may go with us and fight against the people of Ammon and be our head over all the inhabitants of Gilead. This is amazing to me. This collection of scriptures is amazing because Jephthah didn't have nothing going for him except dominion. And it took a long time for war to manifest itself. But Jephthah survived until his gift made room for him. And when war broke out, all of the people who excommunicated him, all of the people that had tarnished his reputation and talked about him and shamed him, all of the people who had hurt him had to start looking through their ranks. And they said, you know what? We ain't got nobody here in this region that has the dominion that Jephthah had. So we need need to go back to the one we threw out and offer him to be our king, offer him to be our head, offer to promote him all the way to the top. If he will be willing to use his might and his dominion to rescue us from this warfare. And I'm telling you, you're going to see it happen, Christian world, with your own eyes. People that have hated you, people that have lied on you and shamed you, people that have tarnished your reputation, 
people that have tried to stop you and trip you up, people that have tried to stand in your way. When war time comes, they're going to come knocking on your door because you may not have anything else going for you, but you have the spirit of the Lord's dominion. And when it's war time, people of dominion rise to the top. When it's war time at a company, you may not have the degree, but the boss will give you the promotion anyway. When you can fight people's giants, they'll always send you on the battlefield. Even if you're just a 17-year-old boy with a slingshot and a rock. When war time comes, those with dominion begin to rise to the top. That's what I've come to tell you. You're rising to the top with nothing else but the spirit of the Lord's dominion. Get on your feet, open up your mouth, and give God praise in the house. Oh, give him praise in the house. They said, we, we can't pay you enough to come fight this battle, but we will make you our head. And all of a sudden, the Bible started prophesying in my ear. You are the head and not the tail. Jephthah was the tail the day before, but wartime made him the head. Jephthah was below only, but wartime made him above only and not beneath. Jephthah was a borrower the day before, but wartime made him a lender. I'm telling you, your problem is your best friend. Your warfare is your best friend. The attack against you is your best friend because all it's going to do is activate and manifest the spirit of the Lord's dominion that is down on the inside of you. Finally, Samson used the anointing of dominion to overcome spiritual wickedness in high places. This is the highest level of wickedness that you will ever encounter. And we'll talk about it. Judges 15, 9 through 13. The Philistines came up and encamped in Judah and deployed themselves against Lehi. And the men of Judah, these are God's people. These are believing people. These are covenant people. The men of Judah said to the enemy, they, the men of Judah saying to the enemy, why have you come up against us? So they answered, we have come up to arrest Samson to do to him as he has done to us. It's amazing to me this next verse. The enemy comes to 3,000 of God's people. And they said, we are here to arrest one of you. The only one of you that's got any dominion. The only one of you that's completely breaking our backs in the war. We've come to arrest the one that we can't arrest. If the Philistines could have arrested Samson, they would have. But when the enemy cannot arrest you, he'll use people close to you. So instead of trying to bind Samson, they go to the people Samson loves, his family, his fellow men of Judah. The, the people Samson was called by God to be their champion and be their deliverer. And they said, we've come up and we came up to bind Samson. Um, and and that's, that's why we're here. So the 3,000 men of Judah uh, went to the rock, the cleft of the rock of Edom, in, I'm in verse 11, and said to Samson, listen at this language. Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What's that mean? They have dominion over. Do you not know that the Philistines rule over us? What is this you have done to us? Why have you been fighting the enemy? Why have you been breaking the enemy's back? Why have you been destroying the enemy? And, and Samson said to them, as they did to me, so I've done to them. That's dominion. Oh my God. If dominion were in a sentence, that's it. Samson said, they attacked me. 
so I attacked them. They hit me, so I hit them. They stole from me, I went and stole from them. They did it to me, I did it right back to them. Dominion always manifests warfare against the enemy. Okay, that's so he's telling the men of Judah that. But they said to him, verse 12, we have come down to arrest you that we may deliver you into the hand of the Philistines. It's amazing to me. In the text so far, the Philistines represent wickedness. Okay? But you're always going to have wickedness. Okay? There's always going to be darkness in this world. There's always going to be enemies. There's always going to be attacks. The Philistines represent wickedness. But these men of Judah represent spiritual wickedness in high places because they allowed the enemy to poison their minds until they bound up the one God sent to deliver them. This is what will drive you crazy helping people is when you help people and the people you help turn around and try to bind you up, tie you up, try to hurt you and deliver you over to the enemy. I'd rather deal with the enemy than deal with people that I've lo I love and I'm trying to help turn around and try to bind and restrict the one that God's using to bless them. But the devil will poison people's minds until they start to attack the deliverer and align themselves with the enemy. Anytime you have somebody attacking you that you're trying to help, that's not wickedness. That's spiritual wickedness in high places. Whew. Verse 12, Samson said to them, you, you, you all came here to tie me up. I could kill y'all. You know, the Bible says that Samson tore off the gates of Gaza and killed thousands of people. Supernatural strength and dominion. I could kill all of you. But because you're my family, I won't do to you what I could. I could destroy you. You don't want me for an enemy. I dominate the enemy that you're scared of. You don't want me for an enemy. But because you're my family. I'll let you tie me up. I don't know about you. Sometimes I get sick of letting my family and close friends that I love tie me up. Because nothing else can. But oh, can't manipulation from people close to you tie you up in knots? This is Samson. Swear to me, because I don't want to get mad and hurt you. Swear to me. Swear to me. That, that you're not going to... Uh, kill me yourselves because I'm being nice. I'm being gracious. I'm going to let you tie me up. But if you come at me and try to kill me, I'm going to show you what's under these ropes. So they spoke to him saying, no, we will tie you securely and deliver you into the enemy's head, but we will surely not kill you. That's generous. And they bound him with two new ropes. Mmm, mmm, new ropes. Won't buy anything new unless it's time to bind me up. Let me just, just Two new ropes and brought him up from the rock. When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came. What's that? What's that? It's dominion. The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that is burned with fire. And his 
bonds broke loose from his hands. Dominion breaks manipulation. Listen to me. The spirit of the Lord's dominion breaks their attempts to manipulate you and tie you up. The spirit of the Lord's dominion breaks all that mess where they start sulking and pouting and use their attitude and use their words and use every single thing they can to try to shift your mood and change your way of communicating and change what you're going to do. The spirit of the Lord's dominion breaks manipulation. That's what the ropes are in the text. They represent the manipulation of the people close to him that he had helped. And God saw it, didn't like it, and dominion made it fall off. Then, then he found, verse 15, a fresh jawbone of a donkey. <sighs> Reached out his hand and took it and killed a thousand men with it. The blessing of dominion. Last thing I'm going to say to you, and I'm going to go home. The blessing of dominion allows you to win with unconventional weapons. You've been saying, I can't win because I don't have the money. I can't win because I don't have the resources. I can't win because I don't have the influence. I can't win because I don't have the position. I can't win because I don't have the power. That would be the same thing as Samson standing there saying, I can't win because I don't have a shield, a sword, and a spear. It didn't matter when he had dominion. When he had dominion, he reached out and wasn't concerned about what wasn't there. He was only focused on what was there. And I'm going to take the spirit of the Lord's dominion and use what I God and with no sword or shield or spear or army I will get more done against you with the leftovers of a donkey skeleton than I would against any other power any other natural force helping me and I've come to tell you as I close this series you are not at a disadvantage you are not at a weak place you are not vulnerable pray for the enemy the spirit of the Lord's dominion is on you. It is in you. It is flowing through you. Reach out your hand and take what's in front of you and use it to win. Use it to triumph. Use it to break manipulation. Use it to pull down curses. Use it to break generational cycles. Use the spirit of the Lord's dominion. Now give him a great praise all over the house. Lift up your hands. Open up your mouth. Give the Lord praise. The Spirit of the Lord's dominion. The Spirit of the Lord's dominion. It is on you. It is in you. It is flowing through you. Do something about it. Elders, come and stand here. If you're in this place and you need prayer for anything, doesn't matter what it is, health, family, marriage, finances, you need prayer for anything, come let us pray with you. Come let us entreat the Lord with you. Come let us come into agreement with you concerning the things that you need. Wherever you are in the building, if you're in the balcony, if you're in the back, if you're in the middle, people will move out of the way for, me, for you. They'll be nice, but I want you to come and let us pray with you. Let us believe God with you. Let us confess and speak over you that the spirit of the Lord's dominion is with you to deal with this thing. Watching me online, members, I speak to you in the name of Jesus. No evil shall befall you, nor any plague come nigh your dwelling. He'll give his angels charge over you and give you peace. I speak from the top of your head to the sole of your feet that the spirit of the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ is upon you. I rebuke the lying tongue of the enemy that has tried to convince you that you are at a disadvantage. You are not at a disadvantage. We release the dominion of the Lord by faith into your spirit. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Lift up your hands, congregation all over the house. Lift up your hands. Let's take two minutes and worship the Lord. Let's take two minutes and worship the Lord. Let's take two minutes and worship the Lord. Break every chain, 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 break every chain. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. 
Hands lifted up all over the house. Hands lifted up all over the house. Hallelujah. Come on, if you know the little song, sing with me. Hallelujah. For the Lord God Almighty reigns. All dominion, all power, all authority. Be unto Jesus our God. Come on and sing. As a family say for the Lord you got that I'm Jesus, if there is anyone in this room who has not confessed you as their Lord and their Savior, I pray the conviction to do so would hit them now. Romans 10 says that when we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, or that Jesus is Lord, and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved, and whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus in faith shall be saved. We release that to happen right now in the hearts and in the mouths, hearts believes and mouth speaks we release it to happen now over every person who chooses to and in the name of Jesus every stronghold every barrier every blockage everything trying to hold back the people of God we declare today the thing comes down that it will be pulled down that it will be cast down that it will be destroyed I speak a release of freedom an outbreak of freedom all over this house even spilling into the region I release the freedom of the Lord Jesus Christ every demon go now in the name and Jesus Christ every depression spirit every dark spirit every foul 
foul spirit flee now by the authority of the dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ we speak freedom in your home that atmosphere of oppression flee now by the authority of the spirit of the Lord's dominion and in the name of Jesus Christ we release the blessing in the name of Jesus Christ we release the overflow in the name of Jesus Christ we release the oh hallelujah we release the blessing in the name of Jesus Christ we release the over I feel something breaking right now in the name of Jesus Christ by the authority of the spirit of the Lord's dominion we release the blessing we release the blessing Jesus' name.